What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Rockcast. Happy Tuesday. It is September 14th, so hopefully a large majority of our listeners are going to be in the Elkwoods. Um, we just went this last weekend for the first weekend that we were able to go, I guess. And um, we basically got our asses kicked. Um, we were mostly looking for deer, but hoping for elk also. And um, and yeah, it didn't really work out, but we're changing areas uh, a little bit, switching it up a little bit this weekend. So hopefully we can get on some. Um, I know there's a lot of people that have been having success. Seems like things are starting to turn, um, turn on a little bit. So um, since I got back before this hunt, I actually went to Wyoming and filmed a bighorn sheep hunt. So that was cool. That was right at the very first part of September. Um, so did that. And then, um, yeah, we're back trying to get caught up as much as I can and get these podcasts kicked out. Um, a few of the new ones that we, that I've released the, uh, I had Trent Fisher from born and born and raised outdoors on, and I just called it the season kickoff. We just talked about what they're doing this year, a little bit about what I'm doing this year. Trent quizzed me on the, the doll sheep hunt that I went on in September in uh, August and, and yeah, it was a cool episode. So, uh, if you're driving out West, check that one out. And then I released the doll sheep hunt with Jonah Bell, which is my camera guy on that sheep hunt. We just went through day to day, kind of what happened. I'm going to do a part two to that here, probably after I record this episode actually. And that's basically going to be the gear wrap up. Um, I went and talked about what I used um, before this. So that is up. And I think I just call it the 2021 gear list, but, uh, yeah, that one is, is up. And then I'm going to do another one that I'm just going to call, um, you know, doll sheep or Alaska doll sheep part two or something like that. And that's just going to be about the gear that I used, how it performed, things like that. I've been getting a lot of questions on that. So, so, uh, yeah, look forward to that pretty here pretty quickly. And, uh, all right, new rock slide articles. We have the Vortex Razor UHD versus the Swarovski SLC binocular review. And then Robbie reviewed the First Light Traverse Gator. They're those short gators. Um, Jim Carr, I believe, reviewed the Crispy Wyoming 2 boot. Um, and then Travis Bertrand just did a review on the Yeti Crossroads, which is basically their uh, luggage like travel line of, well, luggage, just like I said. Um, I used their, I don't think they actually call it the crossroads, but I used their roller big duffel bag when I went to Alaska. So I put a bunch of stuff in it, like gear, whatever, and checked it on the plane. So I will, um, I'll talk about that more, but it, uh, it was a great bag. Zipper worked good. Um, yeah, I don't really, I guess, have any bad things to say about that bag. Um, and uh, I guess the reason I mentioned the zipper is because a lot of times those waterproof zippers are really hard to pull. And, like, I've used the Sitka bag. They're big. I don't know if they call it the Bram or the Rambler, maybe. Um, but I use that a bit. And uh, that zipper is a pain in the ass. So, I am... I don't have that bag anymore, but, uh, the Yeti, the, seems to be working really well so far. So anyways, getting past that, um, on to hot news, Montana fish and wildlife in parks, um, says that hunters must expect to see grizzlies. So 
Um, they want you obviously to exercise extreme caution and carry and know how to use bear spray, stay extremely alert, travel in groups or, you know, with multiple people when possible and make some occasional noise. Um, and then follow all food, uh, food storage regulations. So this is obviously an important one. Um, I've spent a lot of time in grizzly bear country and had to, um, I've never really had a, a negative run-in with a bear or really a very close run-in with a bear for that matter. Um, we actually didn't even see any on this last trip. But uh, yeah, the the food storage regulations, those are really, imp- that's an important thing to take fairly, to take seriously when you're out there. Um, and really what you're doing is you're Helping other people because if you leave something in your tent and a bear rips it apart, then he's going to think the tent, um, you know, just down the canyon is going to be a good one to rip apart also. And that could be, you know, somebody's family. So um, be cool and do all the food storage stuff. That includes everything that has a scent to it. So like baby wipes, even though they say they're unscented, still should probably put them away toothbrush, toothpaste, vitamins, all that stuff. So if you have any questions on that, you should just look up the, the regulations that, um, like the forest service has for, uh, for bear awareness and such. So, um, every once in a, so there's that every once in a while you come across a news story that is noteworthy. This is definitely one of them. I'm glad this dude's okay, but the headline is guy tries to dispose of a bullet and shoots himself with a hammer. So of course I had to add this one to the, to the lineup for this week. So it says while mowing the lawn in his front yard of his newly purchased mobile home, um, this guy of Pleasant Lake, Indiana found a 22 caliber bullet in his yard concerned for the safety of his young sons, uh, this guy proceeded to do something incredibly stupid. This is word for word out of the the thing here. So he basically put the 22 bullet on the table, took a hammer to smash it. It went off and it shot him in the stomach. So that's not good. Um, he says, this is a quote from him. My hammer was outside. So I took the bullet and put it on a rock and smacked it with a hammer and it went off and went into my belly and knocked me on my butt is what it says um and then he they like went on about like the cops being called and the the correct way to dispose of a bullet why it went off things like that the ending he says uh he didn't expect it to do that it was the dumbest thing he's ever done in his life and he would suggest that nobody do it So I think I would also suggest that nobody do that. Um, So it also said in there, just in case you were, nobody was aware. If you do find that and you were worried about that kind of a situation happening, you can call the cops and they will dispose of the bullet properly. So there you go. Um, Utah adds more cow permits to their 21-22 season. There's going to be an additional 1,052 elk permits available. 
it says in areas of concern. It didn't really specify where that was, but it sounds like a depredation type situation. So like later season when they're moving on to the winter ranges, um, they're probably, probably destroying crops. I'm quite certain. So, um, that's something to look up if you're trying to pick up a, a cow tag in Utah. And also there's been a change to a uh, mountain lion situation in Utah. It is now illegal to use dogs in the harvest of mountain lions. It says outfitted with a GPS tracking collar, unless that particular animal is targeting livestock. So they didn't really go into detail on it, but I wanted to throw it in there for anybody that that concerns. Okay. Uh, onto the hot minute. This could have gone in the hot news as well, but, um, Eastman's. So Scott Reekers from Eastman's, we had him on a while back. We were talking about tags and allocations and things like that. He wrote a blog um, on the Eastman's website and is basically talking about CWD and like when you're transferring your animal from state to state, obviously you don't want to, you want to stop the spread of CWD as much as you can. So these are ways that you can help do that. And in a lot of states, this is like mandatory type situation. So you don't want to get in trouble. It's very important to look at your state regulations, like where you live, where you're going to be bringing that animal back to. And then um, also regulations where you take that from and if they even let you leave with it type of deal. So basically how you can stop the spread or whatever of CAWD, remove all bones from your meat. So none of that bone matter is being transferred. Um, no lymphs or glands. Uh, Scott says one, there's a, a gland, like one in each quarter. It says two in the throat. Those would be your lymphs, I think. And four in the face of an elk or a deer. So you want to get that hide skinned off its face. Um, this is something that I deal with a lot in Nebraska when um, I've got clients, hunters, and we are transferring things over. Um, what I really like to do is if it's a deer that you don't want to get mounted and you just want to get like a European mount or something like that, you know, find a European um, taxidermist, whatever, somebody that can do a Euro mount for you. If you were going to pay to have it done anyways, find somebody like right in the area and then you can just drop it off and you really don't have to worry about it. You just debone your meat and, and everything like that because no eyes or brain matter, uh, matter or like spinal matter, nothing like that can cross this, the lines, like all that is taking all of that stuff away is going to help. So, um, what we do is we just take it to my buddy in town and, um, he can do the European mount and then he can ship it to you. So that's something that's really nice and something to think about if you're, you know, traveling a long ways away and you don't really care if you take the antlers back with you like right away if you um just want to debone all the meat take the meat back with you and then you know they can take care of like skinning the head and getting the brain matter out and all that stuff because getting all of the brain matter out is a real pain in the ass if you're not going to skull cap it um obviously doable but kind of a pain especially if you're away from home with like not a lot of resources to work with so Something to think about there. Find a taxidermist that does uh, European mounts or, you know, maybe at least you can pay them and like they can 
get all that stuff out and like have a power washer and stuff like that. So just something to think about there. Um, be familiar with the state that you're in and the regulations that go along with that. Um, Onyx. So of course our sponsor Onyx Hunt Maps, um, a big supporter of the podcast. We appreciate them a lot. If you go to their website, onyxmaps.com forward slash hunt and use code rockcast, you can get 20% off. I use Onyx all the time and it seems to, you know, really be the standard of mapping, which, um, also adds a lot of value. They just did, when I ran the most recent update, they actually have folders now. So for example, when I, uh, am I, if I'm going to go like show somebody a bunch of pins or whatever, I can actually go right into that folder. So I, could, I, for example, use a folder called Running Water Hunting because that is my outfitting business in Nebraska. I can put all of the tree stands, the trail cameras, um, glassing points, parking spots, like tracks, all that. could throw that in that one folder. And then when I sit down with a new guide or something like that or a new hunter that's doing a little bit of a DIY thing, I can open up that folder and... It just has all of those pins in it, which is kind of nice. So that's a new update that they just did. And then it also seemed to me like with the newest update that the 3D looked a heck of a lot better. So you should check that out. Um, one thing that uh, one of the oh the layers that I really like to use is the trail slope and mileage. So the mileage, pretty self-explanatory. From this point to this point, it'll just give you what the mileage is so you can quickly look at it and you don't have to like mark out um, a line to see how far that is and then also the trail slope is really nice um you know a lot of the a lot of the trails that, that I go on they'll be like down in the bottom of a canyon so most of it will be like green and yellow which means like it's pretty flat, you know, the yellow's climbing, the orange will be like kind of steep. Um, and then, you know, as you work your way up to like a saddle or something like that, it'll be like more orange and red, um, red being steepest, green being not the steepest. So that is, uh, my little tip of the week for Onyx. Definitely use that trail slope. It's really nice to be able to like, you know, halfway guesstimate how long it's going to take you to get into an area because you halfway know how the trail is going to be, um, before you start going on. So that's really interesting. Um, okay. So upcoming episodes, going to do a meat care episode here coming up. I think that that's really important. I wanted to get that done before, um, season started, but just didn't pan out. So we are going to get that, that done and out to you. I think that that'll be super informational. And then, Gosh, that's really all I can think. I'm going to try to get a few people on here mid-season and talk about, you know, what they've been seeing. And, um, yeah, that is going to be great. So thanks for tuning in to the Rockcast brought to you by Onyx Hunt Maps. And we will talk to you on the next podcast.